Now the magic begins. <laughs> the no All right. Marcus magic. All right, big energy, big energy. Woo! Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. <laughs> oh my. Welcome to the Real DEC podcast. Uh, the, the D stands for Dave, the E is for Emily, and the C is for Colin. We uh, we had to bark, we had to bark, we had to boot Marcus off this week. No, we had to. Uh, yeah, we, we did. We had, we had to bart him. We had to bart him out of town. Uh, yeah, we had to boot him off because he's a flake and uh, didn't do his homework. So he's actually going to get detention. Uh, Yay, do Marcus we... gets detention. Get back a <laughs> do, detention movie. Do we want to? Do we want to talk about what Marcus gets as detention now? Or no, I think, I think save that, that, that for later. A like a ten-minute podcast yeah. just between you and me. Yeah, just yeah. <laughs> I think he can save that. Yeah. All right. So with me are, uh, as always, Dave, and and this time around we've got a special guest. Emily, my wife, Emily, she's joining us. Thank you for having me. Um, and we Emily, asked thank you, you for being here. <laughs> it's my pleasure. So, Emily, we asked you to be here because um, today's uh, movie is one of your favorites. Yes. Yes, and we are doing the 1987, I guess we'd call it a romantic comedy, uh, Moonstruck. The moon brings the woman to the man, capisci? The moon is a little like love. When you love them, they drive you crazy. Sometimes. Why are you marrying Johnny? He's a fool. It makes you act a little crazy. Share Nicolas Cage in a Norman Jewison film. A la familia, eh? A la familia. Moonstruck. What else um, would you call it? Well, I don't know. I, 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 an, Italian, an Italian crime drama? Uh, maybe I've heard like uh, ethnic comedy. I don't think so. I think rom com is, but it's not your like your traditional rom com from right. like the nineties, right? But it is a romantic comedy. Correct. Yeah. Uh, so before before we kick it off, I just want to know, you know, or just want to state that you know, if things don't go well, um, I may end up with a glass of water in my lap and a big glass of vodka. <laughs> John Mahoney. Yeah, great. <laughs> I'll right. take care of that for you. Dave, uh, have yes. you seen anything since our last podcast? Anything of note? Yeah, I saw Moonstruck. I watched Moonstruck. Okay, okay, well, that was the assignment. Anything else that you, wanted, you thought was interesting to, to talk about? No. So Moonstruck is the only thing I have seen since we, the Castle, Castle in the Sky podcast. So, All right. How about you, Emily? Uh, we did watch Heaven Can Wait, or rewatch Heaven Can Wait last night. That was a fun rewatch. 1978, I think you said? Yeah. Very good. Very yeah. fun movie. Yeah, I recall right. liking that movie quite a bit. I haven't seen yeah. it in a long time, but... I, I recommend a rewatch. It was good. All right, so, uh, yeah, I liked it too. It's, it's just a really good, fun movie. Also of note, it's probably the only Warren Beatty movie that I actually like. Mm. Also of note, Vincent Gardenia was yes, in it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you don't, you don't like uh, Bullworth? Or it's a good movie. No, actually, it's funny you say that because I was thinking about this last night, and I'm like, is this the only movie that I like? And Bullworth came to mind. So, yes, you nailed it. Those two movies I like. Everything else is meh. Not a huge Warren Beatty fan, huh? Maybe I'll watch Red someday and be like, that was amazing! <laughs> I'll pass. I, I still am honestly curious to see that movie, considering the acclaim that it got at the Academy Awards. I'm, I'm curious. We, we could always do it as a uh, homework assignment. Check, please. One-off. 
No, I'd rather rewatch Highlander, I think. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. All right, so uh, so this time around, our, our format was going to be a little different. What we're going to we're doing the sort of uh, check please style of episode. So instead of like picking your favorite restaurant, in this case, one person recommends a movie and the other two go watch it. Of course, only one person watched it. Yeah, only one person showed up. Um, <laughs> so uh, can't really do that format, but we'll 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 adjust. We'll we'll flex a little bit here. But I will start off just by saying that. Um, so I picked this movie, and the reason I did was because we got to 1987, and then Moonstruck sh- showed up on my list, and I'm like, oh my god, this is like one of my favorite movies. Um, uh, Emily and I both love this movie. She introduced it to me. Um, I think I think I had seen it like back in the late 80s uh, when it came out, but didn't really remember that much about it. May have had similar feelings to a few of our other friends who think the movie sucks, but again, they saw it when they were like teenagers. Wait, who, who, thinks, as who thinks this movie sucks? Mark. Mark Greenfield? Yeah. Oh. Call out to Mark. Um, yeah. But, but he hasn't watched it since it came out. Yeah. So. I, I had to get on his ass a little bit last night uh, when he was um, dissing it and and saying that it's primarily because he hates Cher. Although I'm just going to let the whole you know world know that um, Cher was Mark's um, first concert at the Circle Star Theater, Sonny and Cher. <laughs> yes, yeah, so he's got to have that. He's going to have to live that one down. Um, now, is, it, is it the embarrassment of having that be his first concert that is uh, somehow you know creating this anti-Cher feeling inside of him? Have you analyzed it thoroughly? I have not analyzed it thoroughly, but he, I think he I think he said that. Um, She's an okay actress. She's more more well known for being a celebrity than anything, and I I just think that's a a really bad take. Oh, she's a pretty talented person who's been yeah. you know survived in the entertainment industry for four decades or whatever it is. So, you know. and won a, and won an Academy Award and was yeah. So yeah. all right, yeah. bad take, Mark. So I think Emily, we've probably watched this like what, maybe 50 times, maybe over 50 times? Yes, at least 50. Right, wow. right. That, yeah, that is so, commitment, actually. It is commitment. I mean, look, it's it's like literally like one of these movies that you can just like throw on on a Sunday night and just like, and have a great time. Is there any movie that you have watched more in the past, whatever whatever period of time it took you to watch this 50 times than this movie? So that's like the past 20 years, and the answer is, for me is no. I don't think so. No. 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 Probably no. not, No. I mean, it used to be, you know, when we were like in high school, we'd you know throw on movies like probably I might I might have watched Aliens or The Abyss like you know a couple times a week, but um, right. no, don't do that anymore. Um, luckily, uh, I can enjoy this with with Emily, and so there you go. Yeah, yeah, I think on the um, the Colin Boyd rewatch scale, uh, this ranks about once every three or four months. Wow, that is that is pretty frequent, actually. I don't know that yeah. I watch any movie that often. Yeah. But. Well, this movie has become like you know, it's sort of like you know how I have uh, like Caddyshack with with you and and our other friends, or movies like that where we we quote these movies like over and over. Well, Moonstruck is like that for Emily and I. You know, we just quote this movie to ourselves and uh, you know, to each it's, other. yeah, to each other. It's it's fun. I'm really sort of hoping that I haven't just just from me talking about it to you and our other friends that I haven't like overhyped it somehow. So I'm really really curious to see <laughs> what what you think about this. So before we before we jump into that, 
let's uh, let's go for an introduction to the movie. So this was made in 1987. It's directed by Norman Jewison. So he's done some some of his famous movies are uh, In the Heat of the Night, uh, Jesus Christ Superstar, Fiddler on the Roof, and The Thomas Crown Affair, the the original. You're forgetting a couple though, actually. Well, there are other movies that he's made. Uh, well, so, so which ones do you want to point out? The the one that I was most uh, that I am most commonly associate with him is uh, Rollerball because I'm a big oh, fan. I'm a big fan of roll- Rollerball. Ah, and, and, okay. And that is that is a wild tonal shift between that film and this film. Yeah, uh, I was going to say. And then also, and Justice for All, right? So you're out of order, right? That's a, that the. Oh, is that the, No, you're out of order. Yeah. So that's the, those are the two that comes to mind. And then Thomas Crown Affair, of course, because of Steve McQueen. I've never seen Injustice for All, um, and Rollerball is not a movie that I really loved growing up as a kid. I like Rollerball. I just the the sort of the weird dystopian image. Uh, the, the I always think of the scene where they go out and they're firing the guns at the trees. It has a very uh, it, it's pretty heavy political statement, but interesting movie. Great great James Con performance too. I'm a James Con fan, so that's uh, another reason why I like that movie. All right, so who's in this movie? Well, we've got Cher. Vincent Gardenia, Olympia Dukakis, Nicolas Cage, Danny Aiello, and a few others. We'll talk about some of the others later on. This movie did really well at the Oscars. Uh, it was nominated for six Oscars, and it won three. Cher won as Best Actress. Olympia Dukakis won as for Best Supporting Actress. And then John Patrick Shanley won for the Best Original Screenplay. And he was also nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay, for his uh, 2008 Doubt. I didn't realize that Olympia Dukakis had won, uh, or won the Academy Award for this, but uh, that, that is well-deserved. She's, mm. she's, uh, she's the MVP of this movie, for sure. Yeah, totally. And then it was also nominated for Best Picture. Vincent Gardenia was nominated for Best Actor, and Norman Jewison for Best Director. And, and I just got to say something. I, I love Vincent Gardenia in this movie a lot, but I just sort of am scratching my head and... I don't understand why he was nominated instead of Nicolas Cage, because Nicolas Cage, I think, is the MVP of this movie. Was Vincent Gardini, was he uh, nominated for supporting or lead actor? For lead. That's yeah. that's odd because that it, seems very it, that seems very yeah. strange based on screen time actually. Right, and if Olympia Dukakis was nominated for supporting, then you'd think he would be nominated for supporting. That yeah. makes no sense at all. Right, I think it was a typical Academy Lifetime Achievement nomination. <laughs> I don't think they took Nicolas Cage as seriously uh, because he's a younger actor. Though he did win, Cage won, the Golden Globe for Best Actor in a Musical or Comedy. Hmm. All right, moving on. I just have a couple of questions here. Were you familiar with this movie before? I was familiar with this movie in terms of certainly the poster, (laughs) strangely enough. Like, you know, Sharon doing the pose in front of the big moon poster and then (laughs) seeing seeing clips. that, that might put that might put some people off to this movie thing. I I think I don't oh, think sir? it's I don't think it's representative <laughs> of the wittiness of this movie. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. It's just a, for whatever reason it was a, a memorable image. Maybe we had the poster hanging on uh, the wall of Century Almaden. I'm not sure. Yeah. How? Yeah. So you hadn't seen it before? No, I'd never seen it before. I had seen a couple of clips that that were replayed that used to be played on Oscar reels and just commonly. So the you know the snap out of it, the slap is one of them, 
And then the other one is the Olympia Dukakis moment. You know, your life is going down the toilet. That's the other one that. Uh, so, so I had a very uh, limited familiarity with the movie itself, but was pretty familiar with lots of the actors, obviously, and a, and a couple of those scenes. So here's the big question: Did you like it? Yes or no? Yeah, really liked it. It was fun. It was uh, it was enter- entertaining throughout. Uh, had a, had a the the I thought the. The comedy and the humor that, in particular, I, I think I enjoyed almost the non the non Nicholas Cage share stuff more. The end of the movie where they have everybody that comes in and they're sitting around the the kitchen table and that whole vibe, like the dinner vibe and the the, the meals and the interaction between the whole extended family, I thought was fun. You know, Olympia Dukakis busting the balls of the uh, the father when he tries to feed her food to the dogs, like things like that. So, so all, there were lots of little moments that I thought made it uh, really entertaining. And it's just very well, very well shot. It flows kind of seamlessly is how I would describe it. It's, you know, it's sort of has a light kind of effortless little bump. It is set up very much for the Cinderella reveal moment, right? You know, because when you see Cher in the beginning, she has the gray in her hair and you're looking at her and you're like, no way is that going to last, right? That's actually going to be, she's going to go through some sort of transformation, which of course she does when she's going to the opera. And she ends up with some really, really big hair as she yeah. goes through that transformation. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's that's one, one takeaway. I mean, I mean, her hair has to be like like two and a half feet wide, I would say, like from, from hand to hand. It's big. It, it is impressive. Yes, very impressive. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, basic plot just summary. The, just the basic. Uh, Loretta Castorini, who's played by Cher, uh, she's a bookkeeper from Brooklyn, and she finds herself in a dif- in a difficult situation where she falls for the brother of the man she's agreed to marry. So that's that's your basic plot summary right there. A man she very unenthusiastically agreed to marry. Uh, yes. <laughs> He's safe. And boring. Right. Safe, safe and boring. Yes. So Loretta lives with her parents and her grandfather in Brooklyn. Um, and before leaving for Sicily to see his dying mother, Loretta's boyfriend, Johnny Camerari, proposes to her. She accepts, but only under the condition that they follow tradition, because she thinks her first marriage was cursed when they didn't follow tradition and her husband died after two years. This, this first scene in, at Cafe Ticino, I think, is really hilarious for a, for a number of reasons. What, Emily, what did you think? What do, you, what do you like about this scene? I love that scene because uh, just Johnny Camerari, he's just with his, his hands through his hair and he's just so nervous. And then the um, Bobo, the, I guess, manager is just, you know, he's very upset because he's going to lose his longtime bachelor customer because he knows he's proposing. And uh, Cher is just very practical. Like, the, you can, there's not a lot of romance. It's mostly like he's going to propose and she's like, he's... The safe choice, he's good, but she does make him uh, get down on his knee to propose, even though he doesn't have a ring, and he has to use his... What's he doing? That's his... a good suit. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. I bought... I, I was there when you bought it. It came with two pairs of pants, you know, so it's just got all these great elements, and then the guy's sitting next to them. I would have had a ring, you know? And then he has to use his pinky ring. So I, I guess you learn a lot about him very quickly from that scene you've learned a lot about Johnny Camerari yeah I was gonna ask you what what do you think they were uh what do you think they were trying to leave you with in terms of the impression of him in terms of the key character traits after that scene is over I mean you guess you could tell like like his uh you know he's a big baby as her father says and so you kind of get that right away yeah well and also the resistance like initially the resistance to you know get down on the knee and right because of the suit it's you know you kind of get the sense that "Eh, how romantic is this guy or you know he's a little bit of a you know he's a little bit of a schlub so right right and on the way to the airport when she's like you know he's like well you know we'll she's like when are we gonna do it and he's like you know we'll figure it out when I get back she's like no 
no, in a month. And he's like horrified, like, oh my God, I've actually agreed to get married. So now, now I have to go through with it. So yeah, he doesn't seem uh, super yeah, excited. I think, I think he actually bites his knuckle. Yeah. <laughs> which is pretty funny. <laughs> Dave, anything, what did you like about that scene? The, the community feel of the Italian restaurant, that was kind of fun where everybody was, you know, everybody was in on it and um, was observing what was going on. And then, the, you know, once the proposal starts and the entire restaurant, it just sort of freezes and they're watching the things progress. I thought that was pretty cool. The Just uh, Danny Aiello playing it as a, yeah, okay, I'm going to do this, but I'm really not genuinely enthusiastic about this at all and looking sort of scared, you know, as right. he's doing the proposal is, is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a fun scene. Yeah. The, the the proposal is hilarious and it's like one of the I think one of my favorite lines. So he's like on his knees next to her, and they they switch over to uh, to Perry, who's John Mahoney's character, who's like having dinner there as well. And he he looks up to the waiter and he says, "Is that man praying?" Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't. Why why didn't he have a ring though? I guess that's just lack of commitment to actually going through with it. I mean, is that because he he he's just doesn't he just doesn't really understand he i think he's he needs a woman to help like tell him these things that right. they, you know control <laughs> control his life because he really doesn't know like you know he's what he what baby. he's supposed to do he's a big baby yeah, he's, right. he's, his he's, mother's he's running his life he's the ultimate mama's boy right yeah. Yeah. right <laughs> I, I do i do love that when uh when Cher goes and she then meets her parents her mom asks her and says you know do you love him and she immediately says no, <laughs> no. and then and then her mom's <laughs> answer is Good. Good. <laughs> Good. <laughs> that, when, that makes it more complicated if you actually do love him. Right. When, right. She says, uh, uh, when you love them, they drive you crazy because they know they can. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Loretta, so she drops Johnny off at the, she takes him to the airport, which I thought was really, really interesting because she actually, you know, accompanies him to the gate and like everyone who's like flying to Sicily is all dressed very nicely. Uh, stark contrast to today. She goes home. She tells her parents about the engagement, but her father, Cosmo, who's played by Vincent Gardenia, he doesn't like Johnny. Like we said, he's a big baby. He says her first marriage had bad luck, and he doesn't want to pay for the wedding. To which, you know, his uh, his, his wife Rose says, uh, "You're as rich as Roosevelt. You're just cheap, Cosmo." <laughs> and like you said, her mom, her mother Rose is happy because you know she just likes Johnny, but she doesn't love him. A, a great little part when they go to wake her up to tell her the news and she wakes up and she's like, who's dead? <laughs> that's her first thing. That's what she assumes. They're waking her up from her sleep that someone died. Not good news. All right. So moving on. Uh, well, I have a question so, for you. So, yeah. um, so what's your, so Danny Aiello, and just out of curiosity, when you either think or you see him on screen, what, what do you immediately associate him with? Like what's the most, you know, common film association for you? For me, probably this, because well, yeah, I probably yeah. haven't seen him in, I mean, I, I've seen him do the right thing, but probably once. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I've seen this so many times that I, I don't think I've seen him in all that many movies. Yeah, I think, exactly. So now, every time I see him, it's just like, oh, it's, it's Johnny Cameron. Johnny Cameron. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm assuming, I'm just going to take a wild guess here. Mm -hmm. You would say Hudson Hawk. I was, it's either do the right thing or Hudson Hawk. Like those two movies, strangely enough, uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't know why. It's not like I've seen Hudson Hawk all that often, but for some reason, I have a very strong Danny Aiello Hudson Hawk association. All right, so uh, so Johnny asks Loretta to invite his brother Ronnie, who he hasn't seen in five years, to do do some bad blood between them. Invite him to the wedding. So she goes to his family bakery to invite him. 
uh, where Ronnie then proceeds to explain to her very dramatically how he lost his hand and his bride in a bread slicing accident caused by Johnny distracting him. Of course, she says, that's the bad blood between you two? <laughs> and then there's this great scene where like, uh, where uh, Nicolas Cage lifts up his, his, his hand, points to it and says, I lost my hand! I lost my bride! It's a very funny scene, I think. Chrissy, bring me the big knife. <laughs> I'm going to cut my throat. <laughs> no, I won't do it! <laughs> I have to say about that scene initially, you know, because I was kind of, I wasn't sure exactly where it was going. Like, I wasn't sure if he was going to, if he was really acting that way genuinely or if he was going to sort of, if he was playing it up, then he was going to somehow like wrap it around and bring it down at the end. But nope, that's just his character. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very, it's a very very big performance. Yes. It's definitely a big performance. (laughs) And you, it's like shades of like Nicolas Cage probably... 10 to 20 years uh, later, where he just goes full Nick Cage. Yeah, a little, little, <laughs> but little manic is, Nick, he's Nick a, Cage. He's a, little, he's a little more restrained in this. And I, I, I personally, I love him in this. I think he's so, so good. I think this is actually during the period of time when he was making uh, some of his more interesting movies, right? You have like Raising Arizona around this time. Um, Same year, I think. His, his career is interesting because he's, he's gone through some different phases, right? He started off as, as doing some of the more kind of interesting, unique, offbeat, weird stuff. Then he became an action star for a few years, right? So he had, you know, Con Air and, um, like, what's another one of the, uh, was like Face the, Off the rock. the rock. The Rock. The Rock, yeah. And then, and then after that, he, that's when he went kind of full, full cage after that, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think it just <laughs> kind of, completely... kind of eight millimeter on, I think he became, you know, a different, <laughs> different actor. Yeah, he, he sort of lost his mind. <laughs> there, there. We skipped over um, uh, one thing that I, I really love. So when, before she goes to the bakery, Loretta gets a call from Johnny from Italy. From He's calling from like the deathbed of his mother. And, yeah, the, and the, every, the ultra quiet mom in the background. Yeah. And I just, I, I love this one line. So when she's done with the call, she hangs up. Rose says, how's the mother? And Loretta says, she's dying, but I could still hear, hear her big mouth. <laughs> right. <laughs> So then Loretta and Ronnie, they go uh, up to his apartment above the bakery to talk things through. Uh, she cooks him a steak. You'll eat it bloody to feed your blood. And they Always get to know each other. People. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tells him that she hadn't been with another man before Johnny since her first husband. And he says he hasn't had another woman since his fiance left him. And then she accuses Ronnie of being a wolf who cuts off his own hand to escape from a bad relationship. <laughs> In response, he flips flips the table over and passionately kisses her, and she immediately succumbs to her own desire, and they make love. <laughs> I, I this I love this like first interaction between the two of them, and this this conversation that they're having about sort of their romantic histories and his obvious disdain for his brother Johnny, and like well, why are you marrying him? You know, right, right. He's a big baby. He's a big baby. <laughs> what what do you think? Yeah, yeah, I think it's great. I mean, I, I, I think Dave, you're right. Like Nicholas Cage, he's got that huge scene in the bakery, but then he kind of like she wants to just go talk, and then they go talk, and he kind of mellows out a little bit, and she kind of gets him to reveal like his pain. But it's just it's very funny. And then I don't know. There's some subtle things in the movie that we were curious about oh, because yeah. like 
I don't know if you can pick up on on the scene the first time, but like in um, when he's like, you know, she's saying you're a wolf, and he's like, you know, going like this. He's like scratching, <laughs> scratching his whiskers. His lid. But I don't know if you could pick that up when you were watching it because we've seen it so many times. So it's like, oh yeah, yeah, because he's just doing this kind of thing there. Like a wolf. Yeah, um, I don't. Think, I, I I may have missed that actually. I don't think I picked it, it up. There's a lot of things that you pick up on on rewatch. Uh, it's a really good rewatchable because of that. There's also a scene. So we find out, you know, like down at the bakery, you know. Wait, let me, let me ask you a question though. So yeah. so what is the what, what's your interpretation? Like why is the why is the chemistry so strong? What is it about him that ropes Sharon so quickly? It's and his so gypsy intensely? eyes. Yeah, he's got those bad <laughs> eyes like a gypsy. Like a gypsy. <laughs> There's just a, a, there's just chemistry. There's a magnetism, that, and they're both completely drawn to each other. They're both lonely. It's it's passion. There's yeah. immediately there's passion there, which is why Cher is just like he's like he picks her up. He's like, get in my bed or, or no, no, take no, you to bed. Like, yeah. Take you to my bed. I can't remember, but yeah. yeah. Where are we going? To the bedroom. She's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Leave nothing left, just skin and bones. Like, if you lost, okay. <laughs> what, what, what about we? What, what did you think? I mean, they, they obviously, it just like... It happened a lot faster than I was expecting it to. Right? Yes. I, I, I was expecting it to be, I thought that maybe he, he was, his brother was going to be in Italy for a month like, or something like that. And then you'd see kind of a, you know, a little bit more of the typical rom-com thing in terms of they have the initial exposure, maybe they don't like each other, then they're drawn together, and then that right. kind of thing. But um, So it definitely was a surprise that you know it took all of uh, the first meeting, like right. 15, 15 minutes of, of uh, contact with each other, and, t- and then they were just you know on top of each other. So. Yeah, and I think that's why it's not a traditional rom-com, because right. usually it's like you meet, and then there's all this like in the way you can't be together for some reason, and then you end up together. But this, they meet right away, and they get together right away. I mean... I don't think there's at any point in this movie the conversation, you know, where either one of them says, I don't know, is is what we're doing wrong? No, they just, they just like go for it. Right. Like they don't care about, neither one of them cares about hurting Johnny. But then the next morning, though, she does. She's like regretting it because she he's like, I'm, you know, in love with you. And she's like... What? No, we're taking this to our grave. You will never talk about it. You're not coming to the wedding. We will never speak of this. <laughs> but I don't think she like. I don't think she actually like. She's trying to convince it. I think she's just like yeah, trying to convince herself. And also like, well, she did agree to marry Johnny, so she's like, I gotta go through with it. <laughs> it's the it's after the second night that they're together though that she's kind of doing the like the the dreamy walk through the street right that's after the second yeah night? That's after the after opera the night. night yeah, yeah. yeah. kicking okay. the coke can yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so later that night uh, Loretta's family including her aunt and uncle uh, Rita and Raymond Capomaggi they're having dinner and wondering why Loretta isn't there and they discuss the particularly bright moon uh, that evening and um, meanwhile Cosmo seems very out of character. This was a this was a good fun, you know, scene with the the family. What do you think about that? He was he was one of my favorite characters in the movie, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, I just he is this sweet old man who uh, is has a romantic angle or edge to him for sure. He gets pretty excited when he's talking about the uh, the moon and how, you know, when he saw the moon it was so big and he recalls seeing what's I'm sorry, the the Cosmo down right. down okay. on the street. I didn't really understand why Cosmo would be as resistant to the memory in terms of the idea that he was there, you know, to see, you know, his, what I guess would be a girlfriend at the time. 
So that's that's the only thing that I found slightly confusing about that is why Cosmo was so irritated. And I don't know if it's because he was, you know, having his affair and he's feeling guilty or <laughs> if it was just, you know, he was just annoyed by it. But I, that's, I was a little confused by that. He's conflicted. And also maybe he just didn't want to be like, oh, I wasn't like a, such a romantic like you are. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. Because he says, it reminds him of this, this, you know, this moon that he, what does he say? Um, It was when um, Cosmo was first dating Rose and he sees this huge moon. He's like, he's like, I thought that you brought the moon to our house. (laughs) Because you loved my sister so much. So yeah, I think he's like uh, very, feeling very guilty and he's like drinking a lot of wine. Why are you drinking so much? (laughs) I don't want to talk about it. What do you and want to talk about? That scene, though, it sets up probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie, which is where it circles back with Raymond, and he sees the moon at night, and he gets all excited and giddy, and then he comes back into bed with his wife. Yeah. And, and then it cuts to the next morning with him in the store, and he's yeah. like, you know, he's basically almost like dancing around. He's so happy. Uh, that whole scene is uh, tons of fun. And that, that, that actor, was I think Louis, Louis, Louis Gus, Gus. Yeah. is his name? He's great. He's just, you know, he's absolutely delightful, is what I would say. Yes, yes. <laughs> you were like Orlando Furioso. <laughs> and you were uh, like a lamb. Okay, yeah. yeah. They're, 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 they're great together. Uh, next morning, um, we're back with Loretta and Ronnie, and, and um, she tells him that she can't be with him anymore, but he convinces her to accompany him to the opera, which is his other great love the other being her, uh, later that night. Uh, and this is where you get the, the scene with, you know, she, she slaps him and says, snap out of it. <laughs> right. Which I think was voted like number 96 on the AFI's best 100, you know, film quotes. Oh, really? Yeah. That's a good one. We hardly ever say it. <laughs> you kind of you kind of brush past her Cinderella transformation, though. Oh yeah, well, no, that's, no, 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 that's later. That's actually later. So, so Loretta leaves um, Ronnie's apartment and she goes to church to confess her inf- infidelity. And um, while she's there, she she sees her mother uh, Rose, and uh, Rose asks Loretta where she's been all night, and then tells Loretta that she thinks that Cosmo, her husband, is having an affair. I did love the the confession scene. Because yeah. of the way that she drops in the, <laughs> just, you know, I, I between the, the bounce first, uh, check and the yeah. right, right. I, I think I, I used the Lord's name she, in vain. I slept with the brother of my fiance, and I bounced a check, which is an right. accident. Right. <laughs> so that's that's not really, so that's not really soon. But and, and let's the, go the priest back like, to the. Uh, can we go back to that second one? Let's go yeah. back to that second thing you said, Loretta. Yeah, that I love. Nice. By the way, I, I don't know. I looked him up. The who the priest is and his name, I don't recall at all. But I love his voice. It is, it's just fantastic. Uh, but just as a little aside, yeah. Loretta does not believe her mother that her father's having an affair. She says, no, yeah. he, that's impossible. He's too old. So he's she doesn't, too old. He, he, she just doesn't believe it. Yeah. So then Loretta stops by Rita and Raymond's store to pick up the, the deposit to take to the bank. Um, and that's where, that's the scene that you were talking about. Yeah, th- that's the scene, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then on an impulse... She has her hair done, and then she buys a sexy new dress and shoes for the opera. Yeah, I think that whole that this is that whole segment of like her going to the was it, is the Cinderella beauty shop. 
Yeah, yeah. Or, is it, or is it the store that's the... No, I think it's the Cinderella no, Beauty Shop, right? Cinderella Beauty Shop. Yeah, Cinderella Beauty Shop, yeah. Oh, and a manicure, and yes, we can do this, and your eyebrows, yes. <laughs> Finalmente, bellissimo, without those ugly grays. <laughs> Yeah, how do, you say, a, how, do you, how do you say big hair in Italian? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and of course when she's like, uh, I think she buys the dress, and you know she's like, you know she's she's thinking like I'm committing like some sin. some sin here, and she comes out of the store and she immediately like bumps right into like two nuns. Right, <laughs> careful, <No>. careful. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. All right. So that night, uh, Loretta meets Ronnie at the opera. Uh, and he's moved by her appearance. Yeah. <laughs> I just love that. He like looks at her. He's just like, oh, thank you. Yeah. For your dress, for your hair. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, a fun, that's a fun scene because they're there and they're looking for each other and they're spinning. But they're, they're spinning in directions where they keep missing each other. And, you right. know, as a viewer, you actually want them, like you're waiting for that moment. Like you want them to see each other. So see what's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. You're roped in by that point. You're invested. So Loretta is, turns out she's never been to the opera, but she's uh, very moved by this opera, which is uh, La Boheme. Uh, and she also ends up feeling even like more emotionally drawn to Ronnie during the performance. But upon leaving, they bump into her father, Cosmo, and another woman, Mona, his date. So this is the woman that he's having an affair with. And so now she's sort of confronted by this fact that, oh yeah, he is having an affair. And then Cosmo sees Loretta with another man, Ronnie. And without saying too much, they sort of agree to part ways and forget what they saw. Uh, and then at that point, Loretta... That, that's a good scene because he ends up like, tipping her cap. Tipping his cap. Yeah, he he, like, his, he yeah. tips his like, cap. Like, 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 I never saw you here. It's, it's like, okay, we're just going to submarine this whole situation. And then, <laughs> quick tip of the cap and I'll see you later. That Mona, oh, she's some cheap piece of goods or whatever. <laughs> Mona, go wait by the car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that just the whole opera scene is 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 really good. And of course, the opera itself um, is is great. I've never got been to the opera. I've never seen La Boheme, but after having watched this movie like you know over fifty times, <laughs> I really, really would love to see La Boheme. And actually, the music is played throughout the movie as well. Um, so they take certain like certain pieces from the opera and they play it like uh, Musetta's Waltz is something, I think when we see like Cher, you know, walking down the street like in the morning uh, after the second night, I think that's, that's, that's Musetta's Waltz, I think. So yeah, really, really good movie or really good music, sorry. So at this point, so, so Loretta just wants to go home after seeing her father, uh, but Ronnie convinces her to come back to his apartment and Get in my bed. <laughs> well, he gives her a little romantic little talk about the snow and the snowflakes first. But yes. then, yeah, she goes upstairs. Yeah. But she's, like, really upset. But ultimately, you know, he talks her into it. Passion is passion. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So meanwhile, while, while this is all going on, Rose, she's out to dinner by herself back at uh, Cafe Ticino where she encounters Perry, who's a, like another regular John Mahoney, who we saw in the first scene at, at Cafe Ticino. And Perry is a middle-aged uh, NYU professor who doesn't have a very good track record dating his young female students, <laughs> yeah. uh, which usually ends up you know, with him getting dumped and having a glass of water thrown in his face. And then ordering a big glass of vodka and clearing away all yeah. signs of the young 
Clear, waiter, clear away all evidence of her and bring me a big glass of vodka. Yes, sir, right away. <laughs> hey, what, what do you think of, same, so same, same question with Danny Aiello with uh, John Mahoney. So what do you think of, where, besides this movie, obviously? I guess Frasier. Your... Frasier, for me. Frasier, um, I think also with the West Wing, or maybe it's the American president. I'm not sure which. And then he's the uh, he's the embezzler in Say Anything, right? right. Oh, the father, he's, right, right. He's, he's the father. father. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so okay. I always think of Fraser and Say Anything when I see him. Yeah, those, yeah. Those are the two that yeah. jump to mind. <laughs> so after um, having this, uh, seeing another another scene in the restaurant with, uh, with Perry getting uh, uh, dumped by his student, Rose actually, you know, invites him to join her, uh, to which... Um, he says, like, you know, uh, how come you're eating alone? And she says, I'm not eating alone. <laughs> once they've joined up. Once but it wasn't, up. it wasn't, she hadn't seen that scene before. It was Loretta and Johnny had yeah, seen no, it. Yeah, no, she was, Rose sees this probably right, for the first time. Right, right, right. And she's, like, completely shocked by it. Right. Uh, and this is We'd what seen it before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had seen, as the audience, we'd seen this type of thing before with it, with him. But this is a great, uh, just a whole great conversation between the two of them. It's, this is definitely one of my favorite scenes. What, what did you think about this scene, Dave? I thought it was, I thought it was good. I was, I was curious to know, you know, as it was unfolding, which way they were going to take her approach she was going to take to it, right? Because you could see that maybe she was pissed off about the affair. And so there was a little bit of a question of like, oh, is it going to be some sort of like a revenge you know, a, a revenge screw with this guy, like that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> right. but, but also they, they just set her up as somebody who was pretty kind of wise and in the know and on top of things and not somebody who's going to take a lot of bullshit. So it's also kind of fun to watch her just kind of toy, well, not toy with them is, is not really the right word, but she's, she's kind of getting out of it what she wants to get out of it. And then, you know, they walk home together and, you know, she's, I think, definitely flattered that he comes on to her, but, but she's, she's, you know, not interested and let him know and basically, you know, tells him he's a little boy. So right. <laughs> kind of... You're a little kinda, boy who likes to be bad. Yeah, kind of, kind of, you know, takes the, takes his legs out from underneath him. So, and rightfully so, I mean, but that's why I think, I think that uh, all the Olympia Dukakis stuff in this movie is great. She's not surprised she won the Academy Award because I'm not sure who else was up for it, but I thought it was a pretty great performance. Right. Find out in our next podcast, the nineteen eighty seven year in review. <laughs> and and she's on this quest to find out her question is like, why do men cheat on women? So she's she's been asking like like she asks John Mahoney's character and she's not satisfied with any answer so far. I was a little surprised that she was as casual as she was in terms of the reconciliation at the end. You know, I know she probably just doesn't want the conflict, but she's a pretty strong willed woman, so you think that maybe she's gonna you know, take him down a peg or two before she, uh, before she forgives uh, him. But she goes uh, she's, she Yeah, she, I mean, she's, she's sort of toying with him the whole time. I mean, well, she makes him go to confession, or agree to go to confession. Yeah, she says to him, like, what you don't know about women is a lot. Oh, to John Mahoney. <laughs> yeah, to John Mahoney. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really love John Mahoney and just this, this whole scene. I mean, he's just so great. And yeah. Olympia he plays kind of a he plays a, a scummy guy a little bit easier than you would well, think he... when, when you consider his <laughs> some of the movies he's made. Yeah, well, I think maybe he's um, you know this is sort of in line with say anything right because he's like the father looking out for his daughter and the whole in the end it turns out he's just like an embezzler. Yep. Moving on. So <laughs> that same night, Johnny Johnny Camareri unexpectedly arrives home from Sicily. 
because his mother has miraculously recovered, <laughs> and uh, and he goes straight to Loretta's house to speak with her. But only Rose is at home, and still seeking answers, she um, she asks Johnny, "Why do men chase women?" And and what is what is Johnny's answer? Well, first he's like says like the Garden of Eden and Adam and the rib, and she's just like, ah, no, no. And then finally he's like, maybe it's because they fear death. And she's like, yes, yes, thank you for answering my question. <laughs> so she's she finally got her answer, and from all people, it's Johnny Camerary. I did like the uh, when when the dad comes home to the, the yeah. Cosmo interaction. <laughs> Oh yeah, he's just so so unimpressed with him. He, he just, <laughs> and she's just like, he want, don't like you. He don't like you. He's just kind of like, and then he goes upstairs and just doesn't really even engage. But him. she's like, you're gonna die, Cosmo. Whatever you do, you're still gonna die. <laughs> he's just like, I'm going to bed. All right. So Loretta returns the next morning. She returns home and she's in this love-struck daze. This is where she's like walking down the street. By the that's way, a, um, that's a fun scene. That's a good yeah. scene. Yeah. The. Um, Talk about a fucking great neighborhood. So they got this house. That's a real house there uh, on Cranberry Street in Brooklyn. It's in Brooklyn Heights. It's a block away from the East River. It's got these views of lower Manhattan and the Brooklyn. If you go down to the end of the street, you can see the Brooklyn Bridge is right, right there. Perry says, like, it's a mansion. And Rose says, it's, it's a, a house. house. Right. It's a house. Because Cosmo's a plumber. Yeah. We should have been plumbers like Castorini. Yeah. <laughs> So she's so she comes home only to learn from Rose that uh, Johnny is going to be there any minute, and she's got love bites on her neck. <laughs> so she's freaking out. Right, the doorbell rings, but it's not Johnny; it's actually Ronnie. And Rose invites him in to eat breakfast. Loretta like doesn't want him to be there, but then Cosmo and her grandfather, who we will call old man, they they come down for breakfast. And Cosmo sees Ronnie, who's the man from the opera, to which he says, "Your Johnny's brother." <laughs> so, very awkward moment going on here. What would you think, Emily? Oh, I think it's a great scene. She's, uh, you know, she comes home from. So she's still wearing her opera dress when she arrives home, and then she goes into this little like pantry in the kitchen, and she gets into her sort of like house. Her, her, like, her, her flannel pajamas. Yeah, her, or something. Like her, her flannel onesie. <laughs> right, something. I don't know what it is. And she's just like, and like the doorbell rings and she's like, Mother, you get in. And, you know, Rose is just like shaking her head, like, you got love bites on your neck. And then he comes in and she's like, you got love bites on your neck. And then that's when she's like, your, your life is going down the toilet. It's just a great... It's a family great line. scene, yeah, great line. And then as the, and then of course where she's like, "Do you want some oatmeal?" And he's like, "Yes, Mrs. Castorini, I'd love some." But no, we don't want any oatmeal. And it's just, <laughs> it's just the great family dynamics. And then and the, the scene only gets better, but yeah. like up to this point, Dave, what do you think? The the whole dynamic is is tons of fun. Just the idea that it's kind of a. the Italian thing of just you keep just keep adding people when they show up, right? So, right. And, yeah, and right, the, right. And I love it when her, uh, I guess it's her um, aunt and uncle when they show up and yeah. they come walking and they're asking her about the, the bank deposit, but then they immediately just assume that they're okay to just go ahead and sit down at the table and join the <laughs> breakfast, right? So, yeah, right. So, so, and everybody just ends up packed around the kitchen table and this, the scenes of eating and even, you know, the noise and the, you know, the, uh, the sound design and all that of them 
just at, at the, the two scenes, like the, the dinner table scene where the old man feeds the dogs and then this breakfast scene, it's just both, um, it does a really good job of creating this fun aesthetic that's very engaging. It definitely pulls you into the scene. And speaking of which, uh, uh, the, the old man, who we've really not talked about at all, uh, he's played by uh, Fyodor Chalyapin Jr., I think. He is great. He's like one of my favorite uh, characters in this movie. He's got a lot of great lines. He, he, he's not in it that much, but yeah, the whole thing with, uh, with the dogs. <laughs> Loretta obviously loves him. Uh, Rose, I think, sort of... Um, Puts up with him. Puts up with him. Yeah, yeah. And, and the he dogs. Is, he, he, he's uh, Cosmo's father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she puts up with him and the dogs. So the old man, he's sort of like, he, he's, he's, he's upset because his son is refusing to pay for the wedding. And he, and he demands that he, he pay for the wedding of his only daughter. You break your house through pride, he says. He's just got some great great lines during this this scene well cosmo he agrees he's like fine i'll pay for the wedding and then rose confronts cosmo about mona and demands that he stop seeing her and go to confession right (laughs) and this is a really good a really good scene as well he reluctantly agrees and at the same time they like reaffirm their love for each other i love how he how vincent gardenia like he like raises himself off his seat at the table and he like slaps his hand down <laughs> and then he says, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there, there is a running theme in this movie in terms of the, uh, you know, the, the women being the uh, strong, powerful and the ones that are in charge of running the whole situation. So. <laughs> well, yeah. Absolutely. And this is like Johnny Camareri would feel right, in ho- at, right at home here because he like he needs to have a mother. Right. Uh, somebody mother him and tell him what to do. What and to wear. Like, what, what to, to yeah. yeah. What to eat. Right. Right. Uh, right. So then uh, Rita and Raymond arrive at the house and they sort of suspiciously ask Loretta about you know last night's deposit because they it never they just came from the bank and, and it never made it there and then Loretta realizes that she forgot to give them the money and she forgot to go to the bank and she gives them the money. Uh, much to their relief. We never suspected you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And then they all sit around the table awkwardly, like, waiting for, for Johnny. Well, that, like, is the reason. What are we doing? Yeah. Waiting. Yeah. Waiting for Johnny Camareri. Right. <laughs> uh, and then the old man says, someone tell a joke. Right. <laughs> yeah. Break the tension. Yeah. So uh, finally, the doorbell rings again, and Rita goes to answer it. She comes back and announces that it's Johnny Camareri. So, <laughs> so Johnny walks into the kitchen. He sees this whole all all the family around this table, and he's surprised but happy to see that Ronnie is there, who he thinks he's there to you know make peace with him. But first, he's got a big announcement. He can't marry Loretta because if he does. He believes his mother will die. <laughs> At which point, Ronnie says, Oh, Johnny, you're 42 years old. She's still running your life. When he was saying that, though, in terms of the fact that she was going to die if they get married, that he, was he indicating that it would be better for them to stay perpetually engaged? Because then she would be, she'd be holding on to the... She'd be holding on until they uh, go. No, I don't no, think no. he ever told her because he was going to tell her... Or did he tell her? I don't know. Because, you know, when he called... when she. When he calls her the first time, like she hasn't told. Yeah. Oh no, he hadn't told his mother yet. Right. 
Or no, no. no or I she think, recovered I think, when I she... think I think either he told her or she she suspected because all of a sudden That's when she recovers. She, she got better. <laughs> she and she like cooked a meal for the whole house. Yeah. <laughs> like, she yeah. started doing dishes and yeah. Well, that that's that's what I was wondering because I assumed that they were indicating that he did tell her and then the idea that Right, right, the right. Idea that, that, that she recovered he, she was miraculously. Lose, yeah, she right. was she was going to lose her son <laughs> potentially then it, it it bounced back or helped her bounce back and get back to peak health all of a sudden. So, yeah. 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 I think he's meant to like just break it. I think he thinks he has to break it off. Like yeah, I just no. can't marry you. Yeah, yeah, he he yeah. does, and he asks for the ring back too. And she and Loretta now she's she's like pissed off, but not because she loves him, but because he lied to her and he broke his promise. Right. And then she and then she like she she takes the pinky ring off and she throws it at him, and then seizing on the moment, Ronnie immediately proposes to Loretta, much to Johnny's surprise. And then he asks to borrow the same ring from Johnny to give it to Loretta. <laughs> I expected I expected them to have Nicolas Cage, you know, kneel down to do the proposal oh. as a as a point of comparison to oh. uh, Danny Aiello in the beginning, but that that didn't happen. So no. you know, just curious, did you guys expect that? Or maybe the you probably don't remember the first time you saw this, but yeah. no, I I think maybe the uh, the ring made up for it. Yeah, no, he. He didn't kneel. Yeah, maybe just so spontaneous in a way. I yeah. don't know. I was thinking it would have been a good contrast to you know Danny Aiello stuffiness right. in the beginning, like with him, you know, kind of oh, do I need to get down on my knees? Right. This guy's just like, full of passion. Knows, right. Like, knows he would what do to it. Do. Odd, you know, it, that, that would have been a that would have been a good good hook in my mind. So uh, so Loretta immediately accepts Ronnie's proposal, and then Rose says, "Do you love him, Loretta? Ma, I love him awful." Oh, good. Oh, oh, God. That's too bad. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so the, the family uh, toast to the engagement. Johnny joins in at the old man's urging, since he's, since he's now part of the family, too. Uh, and they toast, a la familia, to family. And it's I, the end. I, I, liked, I liked that scene, too, where the old man went and got him and pulled him back into the, the family. That, was, that yeah. was a nice yeah. little sweet moment. Yeah, yeah. And the movie ends. What you, Dave? What do you think about the performances? Really good. Uh, well, I, I'll, I'll say that Nicolas Cage was a little bit. The, the performance is a little bit larger than I was expecting. Uh, <laughs> and I was, I was kind of. It was I, initially again. I mentioned this, but I was confused when when he started talking as to whether or not uh, he was putting on a show or if he, that really was his character. But then you realize, no, that's just his character. He's fun. The, the passion is really good. I thought Cher was great. She does a great job of going through the transformation of, you know, kind of the, the early part where she's more just kind of uh, resigned to do the practical thing in life. And, you know, she's very kind of rigid. Even her movements are a little bit more focused. And then, of course, the con- that's a, the big contrast to her when she's whimsically kind of walking down the street, you know, kicking cans in her new high-heeled shoes that she has. The, the fun part of it is, you know, she as a character is somebody who doesn't think that she's ever going to find love. So then when it hits her unexpectedly... And you kind of see her get knocked back on her heels in the way that she plays it, uh, you know, where she's genuinely moonstruck or awestruck or whatever, you know, whatever, love struck. She's a right. struck of some kind. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's fun to watch. And she's, I think it was a, I mean, I'm, I'd have to go back and look and see, uh, you know, the other nominees that year, but it seemed like it was a really good performance. It's interesting to me that she, she does this movie, she does a couple other afterwards, but then she sort of fades away as an actress. Like she doesn't show up as a, because she had a, a pretty strong run there between 
Silkwood, Mask, and Moonstruck, those were all really good performances. I mean, Mask in particular, I thought, I mean, she could have probably been nominated for an Academy Award for that one. But, but then doesn't, you know, I mean, afterwards just really doesn't do, maybe she just went back to being more on the music side, I don't know. What year was Mermaids? I forget. Uh, 90. 90. Yeah. I, 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 like, I like that movie. A lot of people don't. But I like Mermaids. When oh, I like she's, Mermaids. She's, yeah. Renona Ryder is her daughter and um, Christina Ricci. Christina Ricci is her Ricci. younger daughter. Yeah. She plays a mother, single mother of these two daughters, and then she meets, I don't know, it's, a, it's kind of a cute movie, but she's good in that, but yeah, I think after that, you don't see her in much. Yeah, no, and I, I think you're right. I think she takes a break from acting and, and goes back to music. Um, Until Mamma Mia 2, of course. Because <laughs> she was, she was uh, really big, I think, in the 90s on the music scene. You know, she had like a couple... At least one like big album. It was the the turn back time that yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was a that was a huge hit. I remember there, there was yeah. controversy because she was on the uh, the ship with the sailors and she was wearing the, the outfit that had the tattoo showing in her ass and that was apparently very controversial back then. No. Yeah, and <laughs> and times have changed. Right. Yeah, I was gonna say that that seems a little little tame compared to today. So. Right. Anything that that you like particularly liked or, or disliked? You know, the uh, her uncle and his, how enamored he was with the moon and how excited he got. I just thought that was, uh, that was tons of fun. I like the, I like the situation with the dogs, with the old man where he, and the, where he takes him out and he has him sitting there and they're staring at the moon and he has him start howling. Ow. That, that scene, yeah. is, that scene <laughs> it was, was a lot of fun. And yeah, and then just the dinner table interplay, the the interaction between the families, that uh, that was all fun because it's they do a good job of sort of showing you that it's yeah it's a group of people that simultaneously you know they love each other and then they kind of don't always necessarily like each other. <laughs> you get that energy that it's a, which is a, which is a very accurate reflection of family probably. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, I think all the I mean it's like Cher is great, Nicolas Cage is great, but all the other performances are so strong like all the supporting is just like they're just all so good Olivia Dukakis, Vince Gardenia, the aunt and uncle everyone's just so good what, what is each of yours favorite scene from the movie oh my gosh that's a really difficult question <laughs> I don't know I, I I think maybe Rose and Perry at Cafe Ticino I just I really like that a lot but you know it's really it's like asking like who's your favorite child <laughs> yeah it's sort of like every scene in that movie yeah. is so good and memorable. Uh, one other thing that I don't think you, I mean, you might have noticed, but we, I don't think we noticed for a while after until we watched it, but it's at the airport when, when, he, <laughs> when Johnny's telling Loretta about his brother. And she's like, you have a brother? And he's like, yeah, you know, there's been some bad blood. We haven't seen each other in five years. And then he kind of looks at his hand. And I don't think you would pick up on it, but later it's like, oh, it's the hand. Like... You know, oh. it's like this reference to what happened, but you don't know that because he's just holding up five years, but he kind of looks at it. So if you ever watch it again, you can look for those little that is, subtle... That's a, that's a, yeah, that's a good catch. Because I, I did notice him looking at his hand. I thought that was a very... At, at the time, I recall thinking, like, that's a strange affect, but okay. <laughs> yeah, it's the the, the, the the foreshadowing, I guess. Yeah, it's really funny. The, just the expression on his face. Every time I see it now, I just, like, laugh. And uh, also, the um, that's a great scene we were talk about. The... The old woman who's put a curse on the plane because her her sister's on that plane. She, <laughs> she's, sure, yeah, she she she's like, I put a curse on that. You have someone on that plane. She's like, I put a curse on that plane. <laughs> I put a curse on that plane that it uh, explodes in the sky and falls into the into the green Atlantic and swallows it up. She's like, I put a curse on that plane because my sister's on that plane and 
and however many years like ago, she... fifty years ago, whatever she she stole this this man that I love. I just found out she never loved him. She just wanted to be strong on me. <laughs> so I, I I put a curse on that plane, and then and then Sherry is just like really not like impressed or like affected at all by this. I don't believe in curses. And the the woman retorts, yeah, neither do me. Neither, <laughs> neither, neither do I. I. Neither do I. It's just such a, a funny scene. There's one thing I know Colin dislikes about this movie. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, what is it? It's, it's Okay, it's the scene where she's getting ready for the opera, and she's all alone in the house, and she puts on the music, you know, on the radio. She's, like, drinking her wine, and he really hates the music in that scene, whereas I think it's very fitting. It's a little cheesy, but I don't know. It just seems like, what else is she going to listen to? It's, I think it works fine, but he just really doesn't like that music. It's just this, like, smooth jazz yeah. with, like, the saxophone. <laughs> and I just I just feel it's a little cheesy. Now I, I love it because I've seen it so many times that I just, like, totally expect it. And I, I don't think you could, the movie wouldn't be the same without it. But it's pretty cornball. I did laugh a little bit with the, with the sax. But, you know, ah, but, see? But, <laughs> see? See? But I, I thought they were, they were doing it to, you know, kind of... Um, almost you know stress cheesiness or whatever right or, or you know like forced romance or i'm not really sure exactly what the how you'd characterize it but i the other thing during that scene in particular it was a little bit confused on the on the timeline as to you know where she was in terms of meeting him at the opera because it almost felt like you know she got her dress she got her hair done she went back and then you know wasn't sure if she was waiting for him to show up to pick her up or what the what the deal was right so there's a the, the, i don't that i found that just there's a couple there's a minute there where i'm like oh what, what's going on but then she just goes to the opera so. well he well, told her to meet her meet him at the opera oh see i, I think i missed that yeah because yeah. then because then yeah when she's leaving his apartment and then she's like okay i'll meet you there at the met and then he she goes back and she's like where's the met like she has no idea <laughs> yeah but we were always wondering, like, how much is a cab? Well, these days, like, a cab from Brooklyn to the Met? I don't I mean, oh. I, I was thinking I was thinking it might be, like, well. Back then, the, who knows? From the airport, from the airport <laughs> to Brooklyn, it was. 25 I think. Because he's like, $25? Yeah. No, it's probably $25 before you get out of the airport. Right. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just a couple of things um, uh, just about that you may not know. When Loretta goes to the Camerari Brothers Bakery to to see ronnie there's a an old couple customers like you know in the bakery and they're just leaving when she walks in the woman is uh played by martin scorsese's mother oh really yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's funny <laughs> i don't know like how many stars roger ebert gave this but he gave it four i looked it up four oh, nice. four Raj. stars yeah it's on Raj the, coming and, in and strong. He, he included it in his list of um great movies uh, it's got a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Janet Maslin, though, was not terribly complimentary to uh, Nicolas Cage. Too, I don't like Janet Maslin. Oh. <laughs> she said uh, something like, unfortunately, it, you know, it, it's something along the lines of, you know, unfortunately that doesn't work for Nicolas Cage's character or whatever. So she just kind of, she sort of slams him and then just kind of leaves it in that paragraph and then moves on to talk about other things about the movie. Hers, her, hers was sort of a lukewarm, lukewarm to positive, but not particularly complimentary to Cage. Well, fuck Janet Maslin. <laughs> so, well, apparently the studio probably agreed with Janet Maslin because uh, originally they did not want him to be in the role of uh, Ronnie. They said that he, did, he didn't test very well, and they wanted somebody else. They wanted Peter Gallagher to mm. be in the role. Mm. And Cher actually fought for, for uh, Nicolas Cage until they finally relented. What do you think? Peter Gallagher in this role? 
no. I don't, I don't think he could bring the, the yeah, manic I, energy. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, not in the role. Yeah, no. he doesn't have that passion and that, no. I think he's I got, like him, but... I think he's got maybe the whiskers. <laughs> um, he certainly's got the eyebrows. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I think he would have been... It would not have really... been a lot more subdued. Yeah, him. yeah. Yeah, I mean, young Peter Gallagher, but, yeah, I, I just think that it, he just would not... And I don't know what kind of chemistry that he yeah. would have with... Cher. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's sort of interesting just in terms of uh, Nicolas Cage being a young actor because Cher is actually 18 years older than him. Wow. Hmm. And uh, I don't know what, what Ronnie's age is supposed to be. Now, she's supposed to be 37. like 37. Yeah. I, took, I take it to be that he's like 30, maybe like early 30s. Danny Aiello, who's his older brother, 31 years older than Nicolas Cage. So that's quite a difference. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's it's funny because I, I Nicholas Cage and Danny Aiello do not strike me naturally as brothers. So. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. I, I, don't, I, I don't quite see it. I, after seeing the movie so many times, I, I I I just take it for granted. But they don't have exactly the same um, body shape. No. <laughs> and yeah, Danny Aiello well, doesn't have the gypsy eyes. <laughs> Yes, that's very true. So John Patrick Shanley, he wrote this script with um, Sally Field in mind for Loretta. What? Hmm. No. I could, I could sort of see it because I think she she sort of play she can play that a little bit of like the franticness, you know that. But she doesn't look Italian. No, she's <laughs> she does not look Italian. She doesn't have the hair for it. She also she doesn't have the she doesn't have the harder edge of you know Cher in the beginning of the movie does a really good job of you know the of kind of the practicality side of it and a little bit of the, like the harder edge. I don't, yeah. I'm not sure Sally Field could play that yeah. as well. The, the practicality, you mean like as a, as like a bookkeeper or? Yeah. Like just kind of like, you know, like her, her bookkeeper persona in the beginning yeah. and she's a little yeah. you know buttoned up and directive. Right. And I don't, I don't, I don't know that Sally Field would do that as well. Cher thought that she wouldn't be able to pull that off because of her own actual like sort of flamboyant personality. So she didn't think she was going to do a good job. In fact, uh, I read that in between takes, she would like mouth to Olympia Dukakis, oh, this is like I'm doing horribly and like this is this movie is going to bomb because I'm, I'm like doing so poorly. Aww. Oh, wow. <laughs> Not the case. Uh, speaking of confidence. Rose, Anne Bancroft and Maureen Stapleton were first considered to play Rose, uh, but they were too expensive. And mm. so our man, Howard Foyer, the casting director, uh, he remembered Olympia Dukakis, probably, I think, from, like, stage. And Norman Jewison hired her instantly after her reading. So she fucking nailed it. And last thing in terms of, like, trivia is just that uh, Norman Jewison considers this movie to be his favorite of all the films that he has directed. I think Rollerball might have been number two. <laughs> I can curse because I've not roll, seen any of his other movies. <laughs> Rollerball is not for everybody, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> And, and it was one of the worst remakes ever made, by the way, the, the John McTiernan version, which I did not get all the way through, but I watched about half an hour's worth. I think maybe the casting of, what's his name, Chris? No, is it Chris? Um, yeah, I know. It's from, American, you know, from American Pie. The American Pie, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's just very wooden. All right, well, we should probably wrap this up. Well, um, hey, Emily, I have a question for you. So yes. um, of all the characters in the movie, the male characters, which one do you most closely associate with Colin and his romantic style? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. And we have 
have to yeah. come to an end to it. We've reached our time limit for the podcast. I'm not sure there's a good match for this movie and any no? of those characters. I know I know who it is. It's, is it, it's Raymond. Self- oh, it's Raymond? Self- it's, it's Raymond. I don't know if you're that romantic about the minestrone and everything. <laughs> nope, you guys need to... Colin, you need to make better soup, dude. Okay, well... Then <laughs> but I, it's not then, Johnny. Then because I guess I'm he, Johnny. No, you, no, no, you're not Johnny because you would have a ring and you would, uh, you know, you would, you would not be... Uh, although you didn't kneel, so I don't know. We were uh, sitting on the <laughs> ground. How could I kneel? You can always lay down. <laughs> <laughs> we were laying down. Yeah, well, it's got to be, uh, it's got to be Ronnie. <laughs> well, I'm always complimenting on your hair. Right. And you make bread, bread, bread. No, you don't. <laughs> but you could. Colin, well, I, think I, you get... some work, I think you have some work to do. That's what I'm, that's what I'm getting out of this. I, I, I may have some work to do. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> another, uh, another question for you. So yeah, did, you yeah. did you guys watch this together before you got married? I think so. Probably. Yeah. I, I can't recall the first time I saw it. Like, I don't remember seeing it in a theater. I don't remember if I saw it. I just, I don't remember the first time. But I'm sure we've seen it, that we saw it or before. Or maybe not. Yeah, I don't know I if... think so? I don't know if we... I, I seem to recall maybe the first time watching this was in this house. And we were maybe. already, we were already We've married. definitely upped the uh, number of times we watch it per year, it seems like. Over the last five years, probably. Yeah. So you brought this to Colin, is that right, Emily? I guess so, but I mean, I, I hadn't seen it like multiple, I mean, maybe I'd seen it a couple times, but I hadn't seen it multiple times until it's like, we've seen it way more times together than I've ever saw it before. Yeah, we would usually like pop it in on a Sunday night when we're having some Zachary's pizza and a nice Chianti. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know my dad's wife really likes it. She comes from an Italian family and I don't know if she recommended it or anyway. And is this on your top five for eighty-seven? Of course, yeah. Yes, well, I, would, I would expect it to be, but I, you know, just I, I don't know. I mean, there could be, you know, this could be your favorite movie that you guys share together, but maybe not your personal top five for eighty-seven. Oh, yeah. Actually, Dave, I, I, I don't like the movie at all. I just, I just watch it for <laughs> Emily's sake, and um, no, no, I really do. No, I love this movie. I think it's number two on my list for nineteen eighty-seven because number one is uh, the Princess Bride. Yeah, yeah, good Which I also love, but then another one. Remember the other night he couldn't remember his the five. The other one was broadcast news, which I also love. And I guess Holly Hunter was one of the other actresses nominated. When she gives, I don't know if you've seen that movie, but that's a great performance too. So that's I could. That's a hard choice between her performance and Cher's. I think they're both really good. But I'm glad Cher won. Emily, Emily, does Colin spend too much time watching movies when you wish he'd be doing other things? Um, you mean lately or in general? Yeah, both. <laughs> uh, not in general. With the podcast, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> He's enjoying it. <laughs> it's fun. He did spend a lot of time putting all these notes together. Actually, I do have a question for you. So, what was your first? Um, what was your first date movie together? We did go to the Metro. What was that movie that we saw? <laughs> oh, at Metro. Oh God. What was it? Was Unfortunately, it? it was Mission Impossible Two. Uh, oh, I don't remember. <laughs> Okay. Not actually the first the first movie we saw in a theater together was not in a standard um, movie theater. Uh, it was actually the Virgin Suicides. <laughs> it was a it was through a sort of a, like a work thing, and we got to see it in this screening room 
in a, um, uh, in an office building right off of Market Street. And it was like after work, after a bunch of drinking with <laughs> a bunch of people from work, and we were secretly dating, so nobody knew that we were together. Anyway, that, that's not the type of movie you want to see after a few drinks. Virgin no, suicides. Maybe so not Emily, the I, was, I ever want to see, but yeah. <laughs> I was asking because uh, the first movie that I went to with Jessamy, uh, which I mentioned on an earlier, earlier podcast, was Jacob's Ladder, which is Ooh. not not your ideal first date <laughs> film. <laughs> no. hmm, maybe we should all have some redos. <laughs> so I can pick them for sure. Yeah. And yet she still married you, so that says something. All right, Dave. Well, uh, let me ask you, uh, would you recommend this, this movie to other people, specifically Marcus? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would recommend this movie to anybody. Actually, I think it's a you know I think it's a fun movie. I enjoyed it. It's a, it's breezy. The performances are really good. It has a the you know aside from the main plot, you get a lot of there's a lot of meat on the the secondary storylines and the secondary characters. And it's funny because I can't think of anything about this movie that didn't really work for me. It's just it's it seems like it's really well made and um, it's consistently amusing and the performances are really good. So I, I really enjoyed it. All right. How many how many stars out of five? Out of five, um, probably four. All right. Cool. And how much did Marcus miss out by not watching this movie? <laughs> it's not so much what he missed by not watching this movie. It's what he's going to endure because of what he did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> <A> detention assignment. <laughs> And I was like, mm, boy, I'm just like, oh, yeah, what are we going to do? Mac and me, Solar Babies. Oh, there's so many bad movies we can choose from. So. There's, there's, we can go back and do Howard the Duck. Oof. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that, that's a real punishment, actually. <laughs> All right, well, we'll have to uh, discuss that offline. How, mu- how big of a fool is Mark for not liking this movie? <laughs> Um, I, I'm confused as to why anybody would not like this movie. Actually, so there has to be so, a, there has to be some sort of a, well. You mentioned the share thing in the beginning, but uh, I'm not sure if there's some other angle that he's taking on it as to why this seems a, a, to be a very approachable movie. So, and not and not one that's anyway offensive. So, uh, or you know, possibly maybe two Italians. I don't know. I'm a quarter Italian, so uh, you know, I can say things like that and get away with it. Um. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this is literally a movie that uh, maybe if you're a teenager, um, you don't quite get, you don't quite appreciate, but certainly as, a, as an adult, uh, it's great. I'm thinking it has something to do with that, with because I think Marcus said he, Marcus had seen this, but like when it came out, so he, when he was a teenager, uh, Mark, same thing, neither one of them, well, Mark hates this. Marcus says, yeah, it's good, but obviously not good enough to watch again. He'd rather watch um, Feel the Beep on Netflix instead, uh, which um, I looked it up on Rotten Tomatoes, and it got a whopping 45% on the critical consensus and 55% for the audience. So I'm, I'm thinking that maybe they made a mistake by choosing Feel the Beep last night over watching Moonstruck. I don't know. I mean, sometimes you just need to feel the beat. <laughs> True. <laughs> maybe, maybe last night was one of those nights. <laughs> I think there were kids involved, but I don't know. I, I'm I think just... the kids may have been in, uh, audience members for their movie viewing last night, so maybe yeah, that was why. I, I have to assume that the children were involved. So. 
We're giving him the benefit of the doubt. I, I don't guess, know. yeah, we'll give him a pass on that, although... You we'll know, give him a pass, and then we'll also give him detention. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, well, I think that wraps it up for 1987's Moonstruck. Dave, thank you so much for joining us. Emily, it was great to have you on the pod. Uh, anytime you want to join us for another one, just, uh, you know, just raise your hand. Emily, okay, there's, well, there's, there's going to be a spot available when we push Marcus out. So uh, right. you know, start, th <laughs> start thinking we'll about it. I think we'll have to rework some of the movie choices. Put your, Maybe, put, your uh, put your demo reel together. Okay. Apparently, um, 1987 is a very uh, key year in movies for, for Emily and I because there's Moonstruck, there's The Princess Bride, and Broadcast News. And these are like my top three movies, at least at this point. So uh, I don't know why there's such a confluence around 1987, but... We love it. It's going to be like six hours of podcasting, so we're going to have to figure oh. out a way to get through it. <laughs> and, I, and by the way, I mean that for us and other two people who are listening. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, thanks. Well, thanks, Dave. Thank Glad you. Glad you liked the movie. Thank you, Emily. All right. Thank you for the recommendation. Bye. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. Is this your favorite Nicolas Cage movie? Uh, 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 hmm. uh, um, 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 um